gentlemen, and welcome back to this week's episode of Midweek Mind Candy. We are so glad and honored that you've taken some time out of your day to just hang out with us. We hope you leave with a, a new perspective and a little bit of mind candy for the week and something to think about. I'm Stacy Johnston, honored as always to be here with you, and honored to sit alongside my co-host, Cassie Holland. How are you today, ma'am? I am doing fantastic. Glad to be home. Yeah, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Loving this. Always looking forward to it. I love the intrigue, and I love the challenge that sets up for me. It kind of gives me something to think about. I find myself really looking for these words in my life and in my week as we get ready, as we get them. Because, you know, just like we told all of our guests, we don't preempt any of the words ourselves. We pick them a day or two before the list, and then the day of the recording, we pick who gets what's word. And so we not, it's very candid. And I really enjoy that part. I think we get a more, a more honest and open conversation out of it. How about you? I really enjoy the the different perspectives. You know, we use we have three people having a conversation about the same word, different opinions, different points of view, different avenues. I think it's just super cool to see the difference and similarities in how people think. Mm, exactly, and how we utilize communication. You know, how we use a word, the emphasis we put on one, how we model that. It's so much about our communication. And as we get into these words, I recognize how much importance or power one word can have, how much impact that one word can have. So without further ado, how about we bring in our guest today and let this, let's get this conversation rolling. Let's do it. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we would love to bring back, I guess we were honored to have with us on our Uncaped Heroes episode, um, and she's agreed to come back and, and banter with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, may we please bring back in Miss Kara Terrell. How are you today? Hi. I am doing so well, and this pre-conversation has got me all fired up. With my linguistics degree, I'm ready to go. Cool. Let's do it, and let's open up this thud We're going to let you kick us off. How Today we're going to talk about the word perspective. So when you hear the word perspective, give us your definition and your take on the word perspective, Kara. Oh, my gosh. I could not be more excited. That's today's word. Perspective is the way I live my life. I try to see things from lots of different points of view and not just mine, but other people's. And I actually have my own definition of the word perspective that I use when I do my teachings. So it's to see things from lots of different points of views, but with the intention of creating a different result after taking some inspired actions. Ooh, I like that. Expand on that for us a little bit. Absolutely. So the work I do is with parents who have kids who are between the ages of birth and five years old. And seeing things from our children's perspective can be really hard. Actually, it can be pretty invisible for us because as an adult, we have so many different ways of looking at things already. We think we've, we've just got it figured out. But the child's perspective, without all those learning opportunities that we've had behind us, is so different. And so when I work with parents and we talk about applying perspective to the situation, 
it's always about seeing it our way, seeing it from our child's point of view, and then working ourselves to a place where we can come up with a compromise that ends in the result being what we need our child to do or what we need to do. Mm. Powerful. Ooh, I love that. Kathy, as a parent of young children, where does that take you? I, a lot of times, stop myself when I'm trying to explain something or teach a new idea or a new, you know, anything new. I try and stop myself and ask them, you know, how do you feel about this? Because I want to see it from their perspective. I think that, you know, I, I am a firm believer in, in, uh, in grace, right? So just because the perspective is different and the idea is different doesn't mean it's wrong. We just have to get to a common ground on, like you said, a compromise, you know. We have to think about the innocence and almost bubbly point of view. You know, we have to think about the fact that at one time we were we were also innocent and naive and how did we feel about that when we were younger? You know? Did you want somebody to think of that? Did you want somebody to view that from your perspective? Would that have made a difference for you? Would it have changed the way you thought about it or saw it or taken action? I like that. I, I like that. I think that's I think that's very intriguing. As a parent of young kids, it's, it's I, I had my time. Right, my my children are grown, and I have grandchildren on the ground, and so I think I see things from a different perspective than I did as a parent. Right, I know that when I look back on my time as a parent. Um, and maybe it was my generation, maybe it was my upbringing, maybe I don't know what all contributed to it, but I know that we worked really hard to try to be good parents and probably sometimes to the detriment of our children because we had a vision, right, and we had a, we had a focus and this is what needed to happen and this is the way it needed to go and we needed to be that set of parents that made sure that it all focused in the right way. So we tried so hard to be good parents that we missed a lot of the wonder. And I think we miss the opportunity um, to open up perspective for our children in some ways, right? So when I see it as a grandparent and I look at, I look at the minds of my grandchildren and the way that they see the world and the literal things that they see and their perspective, um, it's beautiful for me to watch. And so as a grandparent, I think I don't have that pressure, right? to try to be so, so focused because it's not my job to be that parent. It's my job to, to own the wonder. And uh, so I get to, I think I finally get you, to free myself to see that perspective. You are so right. And I think grandparent is, that's maybe the definition of grandparent, the ability to apply perspective because you're in a different mm-hmm. space. Um, I spent years as a direct service live-in nanny and now I go back, now I'm no longer the nanny, 
and it's a whole new perspective. I get to be a different role, and that role can see and feel different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I know. I, I think as a parent of older, of grown children, you know, and I think about the things that I learned along the way and where I sit today, what I wished I would have learned at 30 that I didn't learn until I was 50, you know? What did I wish I'd known at 20? And that my children, I feel like, have the opportunity to know that where I didn't. <clears throat> and so I think, again, I catch myself, and I've been called on the carpet. I'm going to say more than once when my kids come to me with an, with an issue or a place where they are, and my first thought is how do I teach them not to wait 30 years to learn that? Right, and so I throw my perspective at this age at where they are at their age, and, you know, sometimes I think they just want to be heard, and I want to protect them. Still, you know, as a parent, I want you to go, here. here's what I learned about that along the way, so don't make the same mistake I did. So I One of the things to... that I try and stress to my children is that everybody's entitled to their own opinion, right? Everybody is allowed to feel how they feel and think how they think and see what they see, and if you want somebody to accept your your perspective and your way of thinking, then you have to be open to doing the same thing for them, right? Just because it's not, they don't see things the way you do doesn't mean that it's wrong. It doesn't mean that it's that it's negative or that it's that it's against the way it should be, right? It's all it's, it's different doesn't mean wrong, right? And so Absolutely. that's what I try to stress onto my children is that it's okay, you know. It's okay if, you know, Billy doesn't see the same way that you do. That doesn't mean you can't play together, right? And you know, I, the, power, that, the power of mm-hmm. perspective is permission. Yeah. Mm. And I love that. We all need permission. We all need permission to feel. Otherwise, we hold it. We hold it in. We all need, but it has to be within parameters as well, right? There's the time and the place to let it all out, and there's the time and the place to kind of live by societal norms and make sure that you're not doing it in the middle of a grocery store aisle. That's right. Truth. And you know, on that on that same note. I have a daughter that's on the spectrum, right? So what's normal for other people is not ever going to be normal for her, right? She doesn't mm-hmm. think like that. She doesn't function like that. She has a one-track mind. And until she is satisfied with the outcome of what she's trying to do, she will not and cannot move on to the next thing, right? So I also have to take that perspective into consideration because I am – I bounce back and forth, right? I can do a million things at once and – it just doesn't bother me, right? I can I can function like that, but I have to step back and consider that how I go about something gives her anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to. That perspective is is super important for me to step back and look at because it could be detrimental if I don't. So you are. You are the example of perspective for other people in the world. And I don't think there's any more thing more powerful than that than watching a strong, confident mom who understands who her child is, all that goes along with it, do that in public 
it's just one of the most beautiful things for me to watch. Thank you. She does it well. It's a beautiful thing to see. Mm. She does. When okay. I... Go ahead, Kat. No, go ahead. I'm just going to ask another question. You had a powerful thought, and I know it's in there, so let's have it. <laughs> no, I was thinking about, you know, that. that is part of the reason that when all of this stuff started two years ago, right, all of the, all the things we all know, that's why I decided to homeschool my kids. That's why I decided to, and it didn't have anything to do with, you know, anything else. It had to do with me wanting to have the time and the ability to hone in on their specifics, you know, their passions, their, their fears, their, and I saw so many parents that for the first time had to hang out with their kids all day and they had no idea what to do. You know, they men. Yeah, they hadn't spent eight hours with their kids in a day in years, and they were lost. And I saw so many parents complaining about the fact that they just wanted their kids to go back to school, and it broke my heart. And I was like, mm-hmm. nope, we're homeschooling. I want all, I want it all. Right? So, I don't know. You know, I, when I think about that, <laughs> I talk about that as the difference between engaging and observing our kids and entertaining uh-huh our kids. And, you know, there is definitely a level of um, societal norm these days where it's all about entertainment, even if it's engaging entertainment. We're going to dance class, and then after dance class, we're going here, and then after there, you're still, you're still out there. And, and it's hard to just sit back in a space and observe your kids and then engage with them in whatever that activity is that you're already doing at home. It's a learned skill, and I'm so impressed. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be in a position that I can do that. It's fun to watch. I never understood a lot of that myself. I was confused by the response that we were seeing from so many parents. I've had a lot of jobs in my time. Over my years, I've done a couple of things. And ultimately, my very favorite job I've ever had is being a mom. I, I loved being a parent. I loved engaging with them. I loved watching them grow. I loved watching them find their shine. And so as a, as a parent of grown children, to watch them parent and, and move their kids forward and, and teach them. And what did it take forward and what did they need different and their perspective on parenting. It's fascinating to me to watch them grow and to watch them shine from that perspective, you know, and we teach about perspective. I know in a lot of the work that I do, and I try to tell my girls, and even my son will never get married, I said, look, you have to recognize one thing, okay? You grew up in this place. And as you grew up, you recognized what the role of men was and women and where children fit in and what family was about and love and honor and relationships. And you, you had that and you developed that sense all along the way. Well, so did your partner. And guess what? You didn't grow up looking at life through the same lens. And so your partner's also going to have their concept of love and family and children and relationships and how that all goes together and how it all works. And what you have to hope for in your relationship is you find a way to blend those two things, but never believe for a moment that he's going to see the world through your lens. Hmm. Never going to happen. And so you have to 
honor each other's perspective. Marriage is a compromise of perspective. (laughs) It absolutely is, right? And I think parenting is the same way because, again, you grew up with this perspective of what parenting was about. How were you parented? What did they give you? What did they not? What did you need? All those pieces of parenting. And so when you become a parent, all you can bring to the table is what you know. Yeah, absolutely. And then you just struck on something. Something you just said is is huge, and it applies directly to our word today. How many parents consider what they're doing, the verb of parenting, as a job? Mm -hmm. Right. Right? If If we flip the switch from I am a parent to I am parenting, it becomes an intentional job. Mm-hmm. And jobs have um, jobs have job descriptions. Mm-hmm. And the big Amen. job of parenting, the people who get that, like you two, like the people who get, I signed on for a big job, the kind that I can never leave, the kind that I have to mm-hmm. continue to educate myself about, the kind that I have to ask for help about, things that I don't understand, the kind <laughs> that where I get to choose how I do this, those are the people who really flourish in the world of parenting, and those are the people who raise these kids who are ready to take on the world regardless of the way they interact with it. Amen. I fully agree with that. Yep. I fully agree with that, too. It is, um, yeah, it, <clears throat> I, I can't agree more. I think it's, uh, it's something you have to decide to engage in because there's no, <clears throat> there's no owner's manual. There's no instruction manual. There's no how-to book. Right? I mean, you have the Bible, and we have those beautiful references in our life, and we can always refer back to that. But there's not a daily how-to. When this situation comes up, how do I respond? How do I yeah, open up that perspective? In, if you're yeah. not intentional in what you do with your children, it's very obvious. Hmm. Right. It, it is. It's very obvious. And I don't it's mean very that negatively, but it's very obvious, right? So. Well, because the fact is, from the moment that you bring them into this world, you're teaching them. You're modeling for them. You're educating them. You are the architect of their brain as it grows in its most exquisite phases between birth and five. And that doesn't just apply to when you're paying attention and doing the good stuff. That applies to when you're not paying attention and when you're filtering stuff in you don't really want to put in there too. Yeah, what you're doing while you think nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And that your perspective is okay. There's room for your idea. Mm-hmm. There's room for your idea yeah. and your perspective is necessary. <clears throat> right? Because how many times when you're thinking about something and you're having that head and heart struggle, right? We know there's not enough room in there for that battle. So we have to put that out somewhere. And you go to someone because you want their perspective. I need someone else's perspective. I need another set of eyes. I need another heart. Right? And so we seek alternate perspectives from our own, sometimes for freedom, sometimes for permission, sometimes mm-hmm. for validation, right? sometimes for peace. And but so how, many times, is, how many times as 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 an adult especially, 
do you ask for another person's opinion or perspective and then do the exact opposite? (laughs) But I think, again, sometimes that's validation because when you hear someone else's perspective and you don't think that, it's concrete information that you are, in fact, right. Yeah, absolutely. You're like, okay, maybe I'm not crazy. Here we go. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it depends on how you take in that information. So let's take one final question, and and I think we've really answered it, so I don't even know how to badger it some more. But, Carl, when you talk about this word perspective and the group that you work with and the people that you encounter in a day, how do you verb this word? How do you model this word in a positive way so that perspective is not, stop asking so many questions, you'll get the answer. (laughs) So it doesn't shut down the wonder. So how do you model perspective in a positive way? For me, it's about engaging the other person, whether it be a tiny person or an adult, in um, a collaborative problem-solving conversation. People felt, feel heard, and they feel included when you're transparent and say, you know, this is my take on it, but, and, and I'm a team leader, right? I run a remote team, and we solve problems on a, te- on a screen together, and I'm constantly saying, this is my take on this, um, but I am all ears. I would like to hear your take, and let's bat it around, and let's come up with three solutions that we all think could work, and then we'll vote on it. I like that. I think that is a quality sign of a good leader, by the way. If your ideas oh, are always you. the best ideas at the table, you need some new people <laughs> at your table. Right? Now, by the way, I do this with kids, too. But, you know, I love it. People think I'm a little crazy. They're like, really? You engage a four-year-old in a collaborative problem-solving conversation? And I say, yes, I do. Their voice gets to be heard, too. Now, if their voice is saying ice cream for dinner, that's a perspective we're probably not going to run with. Um, but we can, <laughs> we can have the conversation about what would be the best solution. I have an idea. Do you have an idea? Can we come up with a shared idea that we both think might work? I yeah, I, I, I love that. I firmly believe that to be a successful leader, you have to show people their superpowers, not yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Oh. Amen. That's awesome. And I think that doesn't matter if they're five or 37. <laughs> yeah. Right? Everybody needs to be showing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the way a- you produce good leaders. Uh, well, here's hoping, right? Because the next generation, that's what we want. We want socially, emotionally responsible, good leaders. I have a really fun example to end with if you guys are up for that. We're going to, we're going to let you close out our show, so I can't think of a better way to end than with your loving example, girl. Perfect. So, so we're so at a place the, now where we're going to let – me, let me close out, and we let, let you take the stage and finish out with what you okay. have to say. We'd love that. Okay? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. With respect to your time, with respect to Kyra's time – and here we're going to, it's time for us to wind down. So we would love for you to always remember that we are brought to you by Guided by Grace and Enlighten Up. If we can serve you in some way, if you want to have a conversation with us, you just have something to say or you have a story to share, we're interested in what you have to say. So please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. Kara, I'm going to end by saying thank you so much for your time. Cassie, thank you so much for your time and the wisdom that you have shared with our audience today. That's how would you like to leave our audience today with perspective? As always, with a challenge, um, I challenge our audience to open up the possibility to see through, see it from a different perspective, whether it be your child, your spouse, your parent, your boss, 
you know, take a second, step back, and see if maybe your perspective needs adjusting, right? I love the challenge. Thank you for that. Kara, we would be honored if you would take the stage and close out our show for us. How would you like to leave our audience today with perspective? I'd love to give a real-life example. I think those are the best things to, to apply. Um, so recently, I took a little girl who's four out for her birthday adventure. I don't give gifts. I give experiences. And we went to a butterfly conservatory, and they had little sugar bowls all over basic this beautiful space where the, the, the butterflies, are, that's what they do. They eat sugar all day long. So we were talking about it, and she was thinking, and I could tell she was thinking, wow, butterflies eat sugar all day long. That's crazy. And then we went to another space to do a fun gathering. And on the way out of that space, they, of course, take you to the gift shop, which has this whole candy section. And she looked at me, and she's like, I think we should get some candy. And I said, hmm, I'm not sure about that. We just spent all day watching butterflies eat sugar what do you think we should do about sugar? And I waited for her perspective. And she thought about it, she thought about it, and she, she looked at me and she said, ah, I bet you're right. Butterflies eat sugar all day long, but we shouldn't do that or we would be out of control. I guess we don't need to get candy. Mm. And I was so excited to watch the processing of that perspective in her brain happen instead of me just saying, we're not getting anything, let's go. Mm. That's beautiful. I love that. Give give them a chance. (laughs) That's beautiful. Cara, thank you so much. As a mom of a three, five, and seven-year-old, I appreciate that. (laughs) thank you so much ladies for your time and your attention have a beautiful rest of your day and enjoy thank you